Good morning. Man, you guys look great out there. I love this. I love Fifth Sundays. I love being able to, to have everybody in one service and to worship together and to see all of our kids in here. Uh, this is awesome. This is going to be a fun, a fun service, and uh, we're going to learn about uh, Jesus and, and what he's done for us, and so I'm excited about this. Uh, so again, we just want to welcome you guys here this morning, and I want to start off by just really saying thank you to so many of you who sent out your condolences after the Pittsburgh Steelers lost last week. <laughs> I was just blown away by the love and support from emails and text messages, and uh, that, that was awesome. And uh, Robin, Robin said that she's, she's like, you need to post and say something like, because if you guys remember, it, it rained, like it poured down rain, like Sunday night, Monday, Monday all day. You guys remember that? She said, you need to say that that's God crying because of the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> lost. I said, I, I, don't, I don't think I can do that, but... But, um, so, I don't know, I learned from last week that either that God's not a Pittsburgh fan or he really likes the Patriots, and I, I find it hard to believe that he likes the Patriots, right? <laughs> so, I, I don't know, I don't know. But anyways, hey, so thank you guys so much, uh, so much for, for being here today, uh, and I want to start off by, by playing a game, and the kids, you guys know this game, adults, you can participate as well. I know it's a little tight in here, not yet. Uh, I know it's a little tight in here, and so if you uh, want to come up or move into the aisles, you can. But how many of you are familiar with the game Simon Says? Simon Says. Most everybody probably is, right? So if you want to stand up, let's stand up. Let's, let's get moving. You don't have to, adults, you don't have to participate. Kids, kids, I want you to participate. All right, so stand up, stand up, and let's play a little game of, of Simon Says, Okay. You're not going to play? <laughs> All right. So are you guys ready? For, are you guys ready? Yeah. Simon says stand up. Okay. There you go. There you go. All right. Simon says play the air guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon says draw with your feet. Simon says waddle like a penguin. <laughs> Simon says, dance the cha-cha. There you go. There you go. Good, good job. Some of you, there you go. Some of you guys can dance, man. Simon says, pretend, Simon says, pretend to climb a ladder. Pretend to climb a ladder. Simon says, cry like a baby. Listen, I know that, I know that noise very, very well. <laughs> Simon says, tickle your friend. <laughs> Simon says, Simon says, smell your feet. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Simon says, stand on one foot. Simon says, hug yourself. Simon says, do whatever your friends are doing. Some of you sat down. Some of you sat down. <laughs> all right. All right. Simon says jump. Very good. Simon, Simon didn't say land, so all of you are out. <laughs> Thank you. You guys can have a seat. You guys can have a seat. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now, listen. I had a point to that game. There's a purpose for that game, right? So you guys know, know how the game works. You have a leader whose name is Simon. 
And everyone is trying to uh, listen to his voice, to listen to his instructions, to follow his actions. And you are careful to, to watch Simon, and you're careful to, to listen for him because you want to do what he says. And, uh, and so that, that's how you play that game. Now, as, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, right, uh, our Simon is Jesus. And we want to listen to his voice. We want to follow his actions and his instructions so that we can live like Jesus. We want to be like him, right? However, that's hard sometimes because uh, it's hard to hear. It's hard to hear his voice. It's It's hard to listen because, listen, there is a Simon in this world uh, a Simon of this world who is, is known as a false or a counterfeit Simon. Anybody know who that is? Satan. Satan. And he is a, in script, the, the Bible says that, that Satan, this, this counterfeit Simon, is a liar. And his goal is to get people to turn away from God. His goal is to get people to listen to the world and to get to, to listen to other people and to get to, you know, his, his goal is to get you to not listen to the voice of the real Simon, which is Jesus, and listen to him instead, right? And we see this in Scripture, okay? So, so in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, that's what Genesis means is the book of beginnings. In the beginning, you have God who creates everything in existence. Like, he created the world and everything we see around it, and he created us. He created man and he created woman. And in the beginning, he puts him in the garden, and he gives him special instructions. He says, listen, you can uh, live in this garden, and you can eat from any, any tree in here, but there's one tree that you can't eat from. Anybody know what that tree was? What's it, what was it? Just shout it out. The tree of light, well, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? He said, don't eat from that tree. That's the one tree you can't eat from, right? So that, that's the true Simon, the one true God said, listen to my voice, do not eat from this tree. And then, in Genesis chapter 3, you have the counterfeit Simon, right, who comes in, and he comes in, and he he whispers to the woman, and he says, right, because he's all about lying, he's all about not telling the truth, he's all about getting people to turn away from God, and he whispers into Eve, he says, did God really say that you couldn't eat from this tree? And so you have this interaction between uh, the false Simon between Satan and Adam and Eve, and you can see how he just twists the words of God, and, he, and he, he, he leads them down a path that's away from God, and they end up taking of the fruit, and, uh, and, and, they, and they sin against God. You guys know what sin is? Sin is doing wrong, right? It's, it's disobedience, right? And so they sin against God, and so as a result, they were kicked out of the garden, and they were separated from God. Right? The, the God who created them to, to love him and to worship him, to be all about him, they chose to listen to the voice of the counterfeit Simon, Satan, and they were separated from God. Now, that was bad, bad news, right? They're separated from their creator, right? And, and, that's, and, and so since that time, what's happened is, is from that time forward, uh, all of us uh, have a tendency to do what is wrong. Right? We all have this natural tendency to, to go down uh, the wrong path. We have this natural tendency to, to not listen and obey. Now listen, my kids are in here, so I want to be careful and I don't want to say too much. Uh, usually when I talk about them, they're in the children's area and they don't hear this, right? But, but, but listen, I see this in my own kids. I see the, the, the conflict that they have. 
right? Uh, this, this, this desire to, to, to want to listen and obey, but then they also have this strong desire to, to not want to listen and obey. Anybody with kids know what I'm talking about? Right? Absolutely. Right? You know what I'm talking about. And so, listen, that is a result. Listen, that's a result because of what Adam and Eve did, because they did not listen and obey. And so, ever since then, you have the counterfeit Simon, the liar, who is, who is going around, and he is, uh, he's described in Scripture as the little G, the little God, the little G of this world. Right? And so he's going around, and he's spreading lies, and he's telling people to do this and this and that, and, hey, follow this direction, go this direction, and it's all against what God wants us to do. And so we, we were lost, man. We were without hope because our sin, our disobedience, separated us from God. But God, John three sixteen. how many of you know it? For God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave, he sent, he gave, he sent his son Jesus uh, to, to die on the cross for us so that we might live with him, so that our relationship might be restored, right? So God loves us. He, he restored, he came and he, he rescued us. And so what Jesus does on the cross is Jesus on the cross takes all of our sin, all of our wrongdoings, all of our disobedience, he takes that on the cross and he takes it on himself and he defeats the false Simon, the counterfeit Simon, he defeats death and he defeats sin. Jesus does that, right? And so Jesus dies on the cross and on the third day he raises from the dead, right? And he goes back up to heaven. And when he goes back up to heaven, he sends what down? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit then lives in us. When we become a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And the Holy Spirit helps us to listen to the one true Simon, which is Jesus. He helps us to live uh, what God wants us to do, right? The Holy Spirit gives us the power and the strength to do that. Also, as we live in community, right? We live in community with each other. We, we, we do small groups together. We come to church together. We're encouraged by each other. And those things help us help us listen to the one true voice, um, the, 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 the one real Simon, uh, which is Jesus, okay? Uh, so, so Jesus gives us the power to do that. He gives us the power to live what we've been saying for the last couple of weeks, if you've been here, uh, to live counter-culture, to live counter-culture, right? So, so, so the counterfeit Satan, the counterfeit Simon is going around telling everybody to do one thing. You go do this, you do this, you do this. Uh, but, but Jesus and the Holy Spirit helps us to listen to his voice so that we can follow him, right? To live counter-culture. That's, that's what that means, right? Um, and so when everybody is going in the same direction, doing the same thing, the question we've been asking kids is how do we go against the flow? And I've got a picture here to show you. Some of you have probably seen this picture. Go ahead and throw that picture up there, Charlie. He's getting, there you go. See, so you got all of these, the fish that are, that are flowing in the same direction, and then you got the one fish that's going in the opposite direction, right, against the flow. And so that's the question that we've been, uh, been asking is, how do we as followers of Jesus, how do we as Christians who live in a world where the counterfeit Simon is constantly whispering in our ear, just like he did in the beginning, telling us to do this and to do that, how do we as followers of Jesus live in a world and live counterculture to that? 
Right? How, how can we follow Jesus and listen to his voice? and follow? That, that's the question that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks uh, while you kids have been in the back. Uh, we've been talking about that with your parents. And listen, Jesus, he lived a life that was counterculture. He lived a life that was against the flow, uh, against the, 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 the flow of his day, okay? Just, just, just to show you an example here in Mark, you don't have to turn here, I'm going to read it for you, but Mark chapter 10, verse 42 through 45, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and uh, they just had this big conversation about who is the greatest. Because listen, in that culture, just like it is today, everybody wanted to get to the top. Everybody wanted to be first. When I was in uh, elementary school, uh, I had a friend, a neighbor, who lived across the street, and he wanted to be first at everything we did, okay? And this was so bad that at the bus stop, uh, the bus stop was in front of my house. It was right in front of our driveway. At the bus stop, every morning, he would get there super-duper early. Yeah, just because he wanted to be first. And, and I remember thinking, this is, this is ridiculous. That's, that's what I say. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And, and so I remember, I remember one time it got so bad. I, my mom's bad. I don't know if you remember this, mom. But he used to, he used to come out. Like I can, Say the bus came at 730. I remember he would get out there at like 6, 615 and stick his book bag in our driveway. <laughs> Did he not? Uh, I'm t- telling the truth here. Stick his book bag in our driveway. And as my mom left for work, she would ride right over that book bag. <laughs> And, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there, so, and his book bag was there. I'm like, what is going on? So, but see, listen, this is, the, this is the culture we live in, right? Everybody wants to be first. Everybody's about themselves. And this is the culture that Jesus lived in. And so Jesus and his followers, his disciples, were having a conversation one day, and they were talking about, hey, who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? I want to be the greatest, right? And so Jesus sits him down, and this is what he says, okay? Um, there, there were two disciples in particular that were having this conversation. It says, when the other ten heard of this conversation, they lost their tempers. They were mad. Like, what, what are they thinking, right? And, and I'm, I'm reading from the message, by the way, so the kids can, can understand this better, just, just so you know, parents. Um, they lost their tempers with James and John. Those were the two, two disciples. Jesus got them all together, and he settled things down. He says, hey, listen, guys, listen up here. He says, you've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around. In other words, he's saying, you know, that counterfeit Satan guy, the, 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 the Simon, the counterfeit Simon, Satan, he's going around, he's telling people, hey, man, you need to be first, you need to be the greatest. You, he's saying, he's got these people, he says, you need to throw your weight around. He said, and when people get a little power, how quickly it goes to their heads. It's not going to be that way with you, is what Jesus says. Like he's talking to his 12 disciples, right? It's not going to be that way with you. Jesus is going to live counterculture. He says, it's not going to be that way with you. Whoever, listen to this, whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. This is what Jesus came to do. He lived counterculture. He came to serve, not to be served. And then to give away his life in exchange for the many for all of us who are held hostage by sin in this world. And so Jesus lived counterculture. Jesus said things like this in John 15, 13. He said, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Listen, Jesus lived against the flow. And as followers of Jesus, we need to live against the flow. Did you realize that in the Old Testament there are like 600 and some odd commands 
that people had to follow. That's a lot of, can you imagine, can you imagine if you went to school one day, kids, and your teacher threw up a list of rules? Uh, Rachel, I don't know if you have this, in your, do you have rules in your classroom? What, can you imagine if you, if, they, if your kids walked into class and you said, all right, kids, here's my rules, and you unrolled 615 rules, right? And said, hey, you, you guys need to follow all the, right? It would be a burden, right? But this is, this is what they had in the Old Testament, right? This is the rules that they had, but, but when Jesus comes on the scene, right, Basically, what happens is, is they end up summing up all of those commands into two, two commands. Two commands. Anybody know what those two commands are? Any kids? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, those, those two commands. Love God and love people. So all those commands can be summed up into two commands. Love God. Love God with all of your heart, and then love your neighbor, right? So, so our purpose here at Chester Christian Church, and I say this just about every single week, it starts out by saying, make much of Jesus, because Jesus is the center. He is the point, right? And so, so when we make much of Jesus, we love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then love our neighbors as ourselves, we are making much of Jesus. This is living counterculture. Right? It's, it's, it's going against the flow because we live in a culture where the, the counterfeit Simon, Satan, is going around saying, hey, you need to rise to the top. It's all about you. You need to uh, step on people. You need to be first. You need to do this. Right? It's all about that. And so, so Jesus said, no, 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 live counterculture. And so what I want to do is I want to have the, the verse on the screen. We're, we're almost done here, kids, so bear with me. We're going to have this verse on the screen. Uh, the Apostle Paul who was uh, a follower of Jesus. Uh, he has a, an awesome conversion story in the book of Acts. But he write, ends up writing like a, a lot of the New Testament, like two-thirds of it. And so he writes a book called Romans, and Romans is in the New Testament. And Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul gives us uh, a, a way to live counterculture, okay? And by the way, I've got this up here. You'll see what the, you guys tell what these red things are? Hearts, very good. Judy, you did a great job, wherever you are, Judy. Um, Judy helped cut these out for me. And then I, I was actually proud. I told Barry, Barry was here the other day. Barry is in the construction. I said, Barry, I built these stands myself. I was proud of myself. Are you guys proud of me? Uh, awesome, yeah. Yeah, I built the stands myself. Hopefully they don't fall apart before this is over. Uh, but anyways, so, so Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2, Paul gives these words. I'm, again, it's going to be on the screen and it's reading from the message, okay? So, so listen to what Paul says. He says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Now, now, now in, in, in the ESV or any other translations, it says, he starts out by saying, therefore. And if you're an English student or English teacher, you know that anytime there is a therefore, you always ask the question, why is that therefore? Right? And so you ask the question, why is that therefore? Because the first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul has basically laid out uh, this, this amazing picture of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. He says, man, you have been rescued from darkness into light. Uh, you, there's, no, there's no condemnation for you who are in Christ. Uh, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is living. I mean, he just lays out this, this awesome thing about what living a life for Jesus is all about, what Jesus has done for us. And then, and then he starts out, he says, so in light of that, because of what God has done for you through Jesus, therefore, this is what I want you to do. So let's read on. He says, with God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, 
going to school, going to work, walking around the neighborhood, walking around life. And he says, I want you to place it before God as an offering, right? What's our purpose here? To make much of Jesus, right? That's what he's talking about. Make much of Jesus when you're sleeping, when you're eating, going to work, going to school, walking around. Just everything you do, you're making much of Jesus, right? And place it as an offering. God, I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my life. And place it before God. He says, embracing what God has done for you is the best thing you can do for him. I love this next line. You ready? Do not become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. In other words, do not conform. Do not conform to this culture, to this world. That you just fit into it, right? That you don't even think about it. You're just, you're just doing things that everybody else is doing, right? Go to the next slide. Instead, fix your attention on God. Be transformed. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, right? Unlike, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. Right? That's what Satan wants to do. That's what the counterfeit Simon wants to do. He goes around, he whispers things in your ear, and he wants to drag you down to that level. Right? And so, so these are some of the things that I put up here. I don't know if you can see that or not. Some things that we might uh, conform our hearts to. Right? And so, so first of all, you know, it's selfishness, right? We're selfish people. And that's what, that's what the counterfeit Simon wants us to do. He wants us to be all about ourselves. Right, not thinking about other people, not caring about other people, but just it's all about me, it's all about what I want. And he wants us to have power, right? He wants us to be first in everything we do. He always wants us to win. Listen, I, I, I'm in a stage of life, and I know he's in here, so I'm going to use a different name. Uh, but my oldest son, well, I, I just gave it away. Jude is in here. Uh, Jude is in here, and Jude has gotten uh, really competitive. I don't know if any of you guys go through this stage or not, but man, he's like super competitive where if he does not win, he gets frustrated like mad and so it's got like we play i spy and i spy like if he does not get it and somebody else gets to guess he is like visibly mad and i'm like dude it's all right man and so it's like i don't even want to play anymore because you just get so mad um i think i told you guys about the time where he said uh well i won't go there he's in here (laughs) so so about being first power right and then, and, then, and then what ends up happening is, right, we, uh, we, had, we end up having pride, right, and arrogance. It's all about me. Uh, we, we, we look for popularity. Man, you're in school. This is a huge one, right? You want to fit in with your friends. You want to do what they're doing, and so you get well-adjusted to your culture, right? You just kind of fit in and do what they're doing. I remember growing up as a kid, I used to always say to my mom, I used to say, Mom, can I go do this? And she'd say, no, I don't think you need to do that. But my mom, all my friends are doing it, right? Timmy's doing it, Bob is doing it, Chad is doing it. All my friends are doing it, right? And she used to come back with this line. She said, well, if all your friends jumped off a cliff, would you do it? Uh, of course. Of course, if they were doing it, why wouldn't I, right? I mean, that, that's, that's, that's just obvious, right? But, but, but we do those things, right, because we want to fit in. We want to fit in. We want to be popular, right? That's what Satan, the Simon, the Simon Satan says, man, you need to fit in. You need to do what everybody else is doing, right? This is, you need to do this. And so what ends up happening, man, is, is we find our identity and all these things, right? Our identity gets placed in, in, in popularity. Our identity gets placed in fads, right? Our self-worth gets placed in 
how we look and our appearance and am I dressed right and what people think about me. And, and so all these things, right, it's just conforming to the world, right? It's like a, a, a chameleon, right, where, where they change colors with, with the environment they're in. And so that, that's, that's what conforming means, right? That's the, you're, you're changing to the culture. Whatever, whatever everybody else is doing, you're kind of following suit with them. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the beach or not, but one of the things that used to amaze me, man, was that when I was younger, is you would be in the ocean, and you would, be, you would get in the ocean, and you'd be in front of your hotel, and you'd be playing, not paying attention, and the next thing you know, you look back, and you're not in front of your hotel anymore, right? Why is that? Because the sand is shifting, right? It's moving. And, that, and that's what happens, man. When you conform to the world, and your identity is placed in all these things, you, it's like you're in shifting sand. It's like you're moving. You're not firmly planted. And so you're just going to go with everything else, whatever the culture says, uh, this is what you are doing, okay? And so um, I was looking at this, I was looking at, uh, well, I'll get there in a minute. So, so this is conforming, right? But, but Paul says, instead of, instead of conforming, instead, he says, be transformed. Put your attention on God, right? The, focus on the, the one true Simon, Jesus. Listen to his voice. That word transform is, is metamorphosis. And metamorphosis, I was looking at it. You guys know, so you guys know in science class, you guys learn about uh, how a, 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 a caterpillar changes into a butterfly, right? That's metamorph, metamorphosis. Um, and then I did not know this. This is something I learned this past week as I was looking all this stuff up. But did you guys, this is gross. I'm just going to give you a warning. This is gross, okay? So, but I figured the kids would enjoy it. So I'm sorry, parents. This, this is what I'm giving did you guys know that, that maggots turn into flies? Did you know that? Where, where have I been? I, didn't, I, I, must have, I, must have, I must have fell asleep in science class the day we learned about that, right? I had no idea. I read that and I was like, ugh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So, so, so that, that's kind of metamorph, right? It's, it's the idea of changing. It's the idea of changing, right? So instead of conforming and, and, and fitting in just like the world, Paul says, listen, in light of what God has done for you, man, God loves you. He sent his son to die for you. You are free. And so he says, in light of all this, man, I want you to be transformed. And and what that means is to be changed from the inside out. To be changed from the inside out, right? See, remember I told you guys that we we have this natural tendency to, to do wrong because of sin? I tell my kids all the time, I say, what that means is you've got a dirty heart. You've got a dirty heart. And Jesus wants to give you a new heart. He wants to change you from the inside out. And you guys recognize the words that are up here? Right? This, this is, comes straight from Galatians. Right? With God helping you, with the Holy Spirit changing you, as you're listening to the voice of the true Simon, then you are being changed and transformed, and you are starting to exemplify the fruit of the Spirit, right? Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, faithfulness, gentleness, right? It's no longer about power and selfishness. It's no longer about being popular, but instead your identity is firmly planted in Christ, Right? Your self-worth and your self-value are no longer uh, dependent on what other people think of you, but your self-worth and self-value come from the fact that you know that Christ loves you and died for you. Do you guys, you guys believe that? This is what it means to be transformed, to be changed from the inside out. And this is what Paul is saying. This is how we go against the culture. 
right? We, we listen to the voice of the one true Simon, right, which is, which is Jesus. And so what I want to do real quick, real quick, is I want to play another game of Simon Says. Kids, stand up. But this time it's going to be a little different. A little different. I am going to be Simon, and I am going to give you instructions, but I've got somebody that's in this room that's going to be playing Satan, the false Simon. And as I shout out things for you to do, he's going to be shouting out things that are opposite. Right? Just to kind of give you a visual aid. Because listen, I know this is a game, but this is how it works in real life. Am I not, am I not right, Tommy? Satan does this, right? You've got this voice, right? You're trying to listen to Jesus. You're trying to, to be changed and transformed. And while you're doing this, man, Satan is over here saying, no, nah, no, nah, it's about you. It's about you. Do this. Do that. Right? As, listen, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we've constantly got this conflict going on of listening to the Spirit of God that's in us or listening to the false counterfeit Simon, the God of this world, who's trying to get us to, just to fit in, to not be different. So are you guys ready? You guys think you can listen to my voice? All right. Simon says, raise your right arm. Where's, where's my Satan at? Uh, Satan is falling asleep on the job. <laughs> Satan, I want you to shout it out. Satan, I want you to shout it out, man. Satan, I want you to, I want you to shout it out, man. So, Satan says, right, raise your right arm. I mean, Satan says. Simon says. <laughs> good, good. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Simon says, raise your right arm. I said raise your right arm. <laughs> this, game is, this game is failing so bad. <laughs> Simon says stand on one foot. Stand on two feet. Okay. All right, everybody have a seat. We're good. We're good. We got, you guys get the idea. You guys get the picture. All right. Sorry. That was, uh, huh? That's right. You're exa- that's exactly where I was going with this, Melody. <laughs> yes. Satan just creates confusion. That's what he does, right? He confuses us. Man. Man, oh man, oh man. So, 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 so as, as we close, <laughs> this is what I want to give you, okay? Um, because here's the thing, man. We, we can talk about this stuff, but then as you, after you leave here, man, uh, we go into to, to the room. I mean, it's... it's we're in a safe place in here, you know, we're, we're surrounded by other Christians and believers. But when we go out to the real world, man, how do we do this, right? And, and Paul says it's by, by, by renewing our mind, right? By being transformed by renewing our mind. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says that when you give your life to Jesus, you become a new creation, right? He gives you a new heart, and he begins to change you from the inside out. And so, parents, I just want to help you and give you some things. These aren't things that are like... You're going to hear them, and you'll be like, oh, man, I've never heard that before. But, but these are some things that you can put into practice uh, with your kids and kids that you can, you can practice and do uh, to help us to be able to listen to the true voice, which is Jesus, and, uh, and follow him and be transformed and be changed and live counterculture, okay? So here we go, man. Starting out, even if you just got a baby, a, like from birth on, uh, for the first couple of years, some things you can do. And you may think this is silly, but, man, if you do this repeatedly, 
and you make this a habit to where you're just you're holding your baby every time you hold him, every time you feed him, and you just, just say sentences like, God loves you, God made you, he created everything, you know, Jesus loved you. If you just start saying those things over and over and over again, man, you, you, you'd be surprised, right? Just, just, just do that. Just, just whisper sentences to your baby, right? When your baby gets old enough, like three, four, five at pre, pre-K, uh, then, then, you, then what I would encourage you to do is to get a, a Bible with pictures in it, like storybook Bible, and begin reading stories, like the big stories, like introducing the characters like Noah and Moses and David and Jesus. You start introducing to them characters and, and stories of the Bible uh, with that storybook Bible. Uh, I think the name of the Bible that we have that we absolutely love is the storybook Bible, right? The, the Jesus storybook Bible. The Jesus storybook Bible. And it's an awesome Bible. Uh, every story talks about how it, it points to Jesus, right? And so I would encourage you to get that. Um, another thing that you can do is uh, as they get older, like six, seven, eight, uh, one of the things I love, man, is Jude is in, a, is, is in something called a wana. And so every Wednesday night he goes to a wana. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of kids from the church here are in a wana. And they, and they memorize scripture every single week. Uh, and so we work with Jude every morning at breakfast time. We sit down and we say, okay, here's your verse. And we work through that memory verse. We don't just have him say it, though. Like, we try to explain, okay, what does this mean? You know, what, what does this, you know, so, we, so, he, so that's a great age to begin learning and memorizing scripture, um, and then as they get older, right, so you get into like 10, 11, 12, 13 teenage years, probably the best thing that you can do for your kid at that age is to find another, uh, if, if they're a boy, find another male adult that can pour into their life, right, that, that can speak into them. Now, this is, this is the reason why, and if it's a female, find a, a female adult who can pour into them and who can, who's going to be saying the same things that you're reinforcing the same things you're saying, right? Because we all know that, man, once kids get to a certain age, mom and dad know nothing, right? Because they'll come home and they'll say, man, you're not going to believe what so-and-so said, and they're going to think it's like the most awesome thing ever, and you're like, I've been saying that for years, right? And so, so find somebody that, that, that you have a, a, a friendship with, a relationship with, and just and say, hey, man, would you couple times a month, just take my, my son, my daughter out to, to, to lo- br- breakfast, lunch, dinner, and just pour into them. Just speak truth into their life. And so I would encourage, this is why we do small groups on Sunday night with our teenagers, and I am so, so, so excited, man, uh, just about our, our youth ministry and what's happening there. Uh, and we have adults, we have two, uh, sometimes more than two, right, uh, adults for, for each age group. And so we've got folks that are like, we got juniors and seniors in high school that have had the same small group leader since they were in middle school. And they've developed relationships with them, and, and they'll come to them, and they'll talk to them, and, and it's just been a really cool thing. And it's been amazing. And so I, I, know, I know that this works. I know it's, it's, it's good. And that's just another voice, another positive voice that's in your kid's life, Okay. So, so those are some things that you can write down, that you can take with you, and that you can begin helping uh, renew your mind, okay? Uh, for you adults, man, you know what I'm going to say, uh, just be in the Word, right? And I know that's hard sometimes. I know with busy schedules, it's challenging. That's why we encourage you to download the version. And again, I'm so excited to see how many of you guys are on version. right? I love seeing all of you guys on version and in the Word. Read a verse a day, uh, whatever you can do, man. Right, whatever you can do, 
uh, begin praying, uh, whether it's just uh, a praying, you know, for a minute or two in the morning or uh, a minute or two in the afternoon, what, whatever you can do, start, start small, start there, right? We're not asking you to pray, like, on your face for three hours a day, right? Just start small, right? Because, listen, these are the things, as you begin to renew your mind with Scripture, with prayer, that's going to help you be able to listen to the voice of the one true Simon. Because if you're not, listen, if you're not, you're going to be drowned out by the voice of the counterfeit Simon. He's going to be saying all these things, man. You're going to be bombarded day after day after day. And it's going to drown out the voice of Jesus. Does that make sense? All right. So, so let's do this. Let's, let's close out, and uh, we're going to take communion together. And... Um, the band's going to come out and sing. So, so every week we, we take communion. And what it is, is uh, it's bread and it's juice. Uh, I know you guys take it back in the children's area. And so we're going to do this together as a family. And I just want to encourage you that as they pass forward the trays, uh, the bread represents the body of Jesus and the juice represents his blood that was shed on the cross for us. Um, I just encourage you to take a moment and take this communion together as a family. And, and, and talk, man, share, uh, pray together, pray out loud, it's fine, we're, we're cool with that, okay? And, uh, and just, just praise, praise God for what Jesus has done for us, right? That, that he, he has died for us, that he has been risen from the dead, that we have life, right? That our identity can be in him. And just thank God for those things, okay? So let's pray together and let's take uh, the Lord's Supper together as a family and as a church family, okay? Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for um, the fact that, man, when, when we had turned our backs on you, when we had listened to the counterfeit Simon, and we had gone in the wrong direction, God, that you did not turn your back on us. God, we thank you that you continue to pursue us, that you love us, and that you sent your son to die for our sins in our place so that we might have life. God, we thank you for that. And now that we come together as a family, God, would you help us to, to think about these things and to remember these things and to rejoice in these things. And we just give you all the praise and glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.